1: It's me, Olivia Kennedy, and I am joined today by.
0: Uh, That was so much energy. I love that. Thank you. That was was great. (laughs) I have never heard you come in that strong. (laughs) I I was was
1: ready. I was born ready to do this. I mean, whoever this might be that I'm being joined by. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yes, you did. Hit, yes, it's true. You did hit frequencies. I don't think it's possible for Jasper mm. to hit. So I think you may have set a <laughs> yeah. new record.
1: Well, I mean, I don't mean to brag, but uh, I like I like yeah. a screech. Jeremy, es- yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: yes? Yeah. Uh, yes. But yes, I am Jeremy Cobb, but Megan Ross calls me the Cobb-torius Oh.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Based on the notorious B.I.G. Yes,
1: I was going to say. Yes, very many initials, very prestigious. Love that. Very good. Very
0: good. Yes. Yes. But it's not just you and me, Liv. It's not. It's not. We have a third person. We have a special guest. Get ready, folks, because today, joining us, we have NFL fullback, D&D nerd, and general nerd ambassador,
2: Johnny Stanton. Hello. I will not try to hit those frequencies that live hit, but- uh, Do Because I will blow it. out my microphone. <laughs> Come on, Danny. Push through.
3: My
1: microphone <laughs> Dig deep. has exploded. Uh, there so, are some yeah, th- you have yeah. the right
2: choice. There's some things I'm talented in. I don't think uh, hitting the high note is one- <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) i'm imagining you trying to go for it and it ends up like that bird from the first shrek Uh, when Fiona like going and singing without (laughs) going you know without going too far on a tangent this early in the podcast in second grade in the christmas production i was one of the uh Two boys asked to hit the high note, and it was not an oh. all boys school. This was uh, like oh. <laughs> this was boys and girls, and I was able to consistently hit that high note that we were supposed wow. to hit. Uh, and that's the highlight of my life. Okay. So,
1: well, yeah, good job. <laughs> I
2: like Honestly, that. Your teachers were just like, "Here is a challenge for you two. Here oh, yeah. you go!
1: <laughs> we hit
2: saw the your solace. potential. We'll do it, yeah. I guess. But yeah, I was right there with you,
0: man. I had I had a really high pitched voice. Uh, at least like singing and speaking voice when I was really young oh. and I ended up like sort of artificially lowering my voice mm. later, like in my teen years, because uh, my <laughs> people started making fun of me for uh-huh. having my fish voice. So I started deliberately trying to speak lower and I got to a point where like I had to like recalibrate things. But I, for a while I was <laughs> like, I mean, for you years, were literally I fake
2: was... it till you make it and now you have a lower yeah. like a deeper voice and it's it's beautiful. Now. Yeah, like, I love it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thank
0: you.
2: Uh, you have a wonderful voice, too. Well, and you, you live.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Oh, everyone, let's all just listen to ourselves talk for a moment and just enjoy it. <laughs> terrible.
0: Terrible. Oh, uh, gosh. But, um... Well, oh, go ahead, Liv. Were oh, no.
1: Carry on, Jeremy. Yes, please carry on. Let's go.
0: Then I will slide on in slide with on. my first question, which is a question we ask to every single guest, uh, Johnny. And first of all, thank you so much for being here yes. with us. Absolutely. Thanks for very having very exciting. Me. Um... This is a question we ask to every single guest, and that is your nerd origin story. Mm. From from what dark or perhaps light place mm-hmm. did you, the nerd Johnny Stanton emerge? What created you? Who is the Dr. Frankenstein to your monster?
1: I'm so, I'm, I'm I'm just jumping. I've literally cut you off. I'm so sorry, Johnny. I was just about to say, I was just gonna be like, I'm so fascinated by your story because you've obviously got like the duality of like nerdiness yeah. and athleticism and yes, carry on. Sorry, sorry. No, it's good.
2: <laughs> I, I tried to um ruin that uh, false binary of nerd versus jock. Yeah, I'm trying to be you know one of the many exceptions and before getting into the whole story like I've learned that there is this big you know intersection of this Venn diagram between football sports world and D&D nerd TTRPG world so the way I found my way into it was in college I was a comic book nerd that was my original nerdiness I I think it started with Injustice coming out the DC you know Street Fighter-esque video game Mm -hmm. and really really enjoying that I'm like you know I, I know all these characters. I am a fan of all these characters. I love the superhero movies. Why don't I just get into the stuff that actually originated it, you know? Like, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm one of those people that's like, oh, the book version of the movie was better. I mean, if I'm enjoying mm-hmm. all these movies, why not try to get the better version of them in comic book form, you know, arguably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, once I entered college... You're visiting the college bookstore and there's all these options and there was the graphic novel section. So I'm finding out all these Batman books that I'd never heard of, Superman books I'd never heard of. And I'm just consuming as much as I can. Anything that they say, okay, this is like a must read for this character. I'm trying to take it in. Mm. So after kind of taking out all of the books that were in the college bookstore, I find the local comic book shop, which I end up becoming a regular at going to every Wednesday for a new comic book day. And just really consuming, honestly, as much as possible, finding my favorites, finding the stuff I didn't like. Fast forward a few years, I'm at my new school. I was at Nebraska. Uh, and then I transferred twice and ended up in Las Vegas, University of Nevada, Las Vegas. And I uh, found this great comic book shop that I became a regular at. But around that time, I was also consuming a lot of YouTube. And one of my favorite content creators uh, is named uh corridor digital yeah and they had a kind of a video blog company called node that was more focused on gaming tabletop and that's the first time i ever saw somebody play DD. they played their own special version i think there was a a pokemon version that they played there was a couple different things they did that i thought was super fun and i figured okay you know i have space for more hobbies (laughs) why not why not try to pick this up
0: yeah yo corridor like, I'm a big fan of Corridor as mm-hmm. well. I love, I love their uh, – they do a lot of videos on uh, calling out good or bad CGI in various yep. movies. Did you see yep. their, uh, their realistic lightsaber uh, combat video they did?
2: I did. That was really great. They make yeah. a lot of very cool stuff, and I think that was one of my favorite things they made. I actually took a film class in high school, and one of the projects was breaking down a video, whether it's movie, TV. And I think I ended up doing one of their videos – about uh, it was a special effects kind of proof of concept kind of thing that they did where they threw a splash of paint on a wall and then it kind of created like this uh, perspective portal that another you know bad guy would jump out of and you have to fight them it was super cool and I'm still a big fan of theirs and I've actually communicated with one of the members of the node team and let them know that that's like kind of my origin story for going into DD because of their Aww. DD shows so, that's so cool Yeah. I
1: I would lose my mind. I would be like, oh, my God.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there are plenty of people that you guys have gotten into D&D. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, like one of the one of the wildest things I think about doing a show like this is getting to meet people that you have been like a fan of or that was inspirational Mm -hmm. to you. I've Mm -hmm. been I've been watching College Humor videos, for example, since Mm -hmm. I think since two thousand and eight. I started around the time of the the Streeter and Amir Yankee pranky. If anybody remembers that, like OG College Humor, and so I had been fans of Jake and Murph and Emily and Caldwell long before they'd ever even started Nad Pod. Sure. Now that I've gotten mm. to actually like meet them in person and, and record stuff with them, it's surreal. Like, I, I, it is one of the wildest
2: things I think about doing something like this. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm I feel the exact same way. Like, this year has been a very, very cool opportunity to be able to meet a lot of the people that I'm big fans of and, uh, and have them, you know, getting to show them things that I'm doing and them be excited about it. So, mm. yeah. So, picking up from there, I, I went to my comic book shop and I asked them, Hey, this is kind of my, Mecca for nerd culture at this point. Like, it's the only one that I know of. And, you know, is there any DD game that you guys play here? I don't know if it happens at comic book shops. I don't know if it happens at people's houses. Uh, this is the only place that I know to look for it. The guy at the register said, yeah, absolutely. We actually have a new group that is starting on Sundays. They just had their first session. You should, you know, Facebook message the DM and see if you can join. My first character was a tabaxi arcane trickster rogue. And it was super fun to play, but I didn't really understand, like, the role play aspect of it. It was very much uh, my character walks over here and talks to this person and tries to get information out of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I think a lot of it came from the fact that I was playing with people that I wasn't super familiar with. Mm-hmm. And it was a bunch of other patrons of the comic book store who were looking for a DD group. And it was a great group, don't get me wrong. I had a lot of fun, but um, the thing that I wanted to do was – play with people that I was super comfortable with very, you know, had, had new outside of D and D and I didn't know anybody outside of D and still don't think that anybody that I knew at that point, or maybe even at this point that I'm just generally friends with outside of D and D was a D and D nerd or had play, ever mm-hmm. played in, uh, in their, you know, experience. Mm-hmm. So it became my goal at that point to introduce people that I knew into the game. So, the first thing I did only a couple months after playing D&D for the first time was, you know, without having much of an extension extensive knowledge over the rules, I figured, you know, might not try to DM I've listened to all of the Adventure Zone Balance. You know, I know enough. Why don't I just kind of base a story off of that? Uh, so, so I invited uh, three of my teammates from UNLV to join a game. And I think we got maybe eight sessions in before we all had to go our separate ways. But those guys still love those characters. I still love those characters. I love that story. I still pull from, you know, th- aspects of that story for the games that I run now. But yeah. mm-hmm. I, I really think that being uh, fearless in becoming a DM is really what got me um, really invested into the into the story because it I, I realized very quickly that it became a creative outlet for me that I hadn't had before I was never I never considered myself an artist I never considered myself a musician or anything like that so being able to pour creativity into making these stories was uh, was really healthy for me I feel like so mm. from that point on I've just been playing as much as possible I remember having this period of between that group of my teammates breaking up uh, and then having a long time where I, it was by like a six month time where I wasn't in a group. And it felt like a long time for me. I'm like, I really need to get more DD in my life. <laughs> so, after the 2018 preseason, in which I broke my ankle with the Minnesota Vikings during my rookie year, I was back home, I was going through physical therapy. And I was feeling like I needed to get some sort of hobby or else my mind's going to implode. And just from lack of anything fun in my life. So I ended up, uh, kind of taking a chance and looking on r slash LFG looking for group and finding a really, really great group that I'm still friends with and still play with to this day. Uh, and I really lucked out and we've made, we've had splinter groups from that. I've uh, started my own group in, uh, running a game for my fiance and her two brothers that has been really, really great. I've just been very lucky with my, with my D and D experience and uh, groups that I, I, it's really like being able to introduce it to people and having it introduce me to other people Mm -hmm. has been really. uh, Like a rewarding experience. Yeah. Really rewarding Mm -hmm. and really instrumental in causing this to be a passion of mine and be, you know, my major hobby.
0: Yeah, yeah, I... I wanted to very quickly show you because you mentioned injustice was like the first yeah. thing that originally I have never I assumed
1: Jeremy that you were going to like jump on this. Like, uh, yeah. Cause Johnny, you were like comic books and I was like, Oh,
0: Jeremy. yeah. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a big, I don't read as many comic books these days. I kind of, same here. Spider-Man was my, like has always been my favorite superhero. Mm-hmm. And I was reading comic books. Like my peak was probably around the time of the original Marvel civil war. So around like 2007 cool. to 2008. Yeah. And I was one of the numerous people who basically was like so burned by Spider-Man one more day that I was mm. like, I, I got to stop this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is just isn't healthy anymore. <laughs> when d kind of overtook comic books as my major hobby and major nerdy obsession was the day that I realized that I had all of these books just piled up in my room that I had no place to put them. <laughs> And I was trying to figure out ways to get rid of them, which ones I didn't Mm -hmm. want anymore, which books I liked, which ones I wanted to collect. And then thinking about look at all this money that I spent.
0: <laughs>
2: it's It was so, it was like, don't, I, you know, my, you know, some of my asked me like, how much, how much money are these Like, let's, we don't ask those kind of questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same, it's the same thing with like, you know, I've collected sneakers for a while too. And like, how much does all this cost? I'm like, let's not, let, don't, don't, <laughs> let's not rude. get into a that. Label on it's it. rude to ask. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. no
1: need.
2: Yeah. So I, I, I'm not a regular at the comic book shop anymore, but I still love going over there.
1: I was so taken aback mm. by the fact that you were like, oh yeah, my college bookstore i got a bunch of comics and stuff there was nothing that there was nothing good in my college bookstore like,
0: <laughs> like i gotta go to U at lv yeah <laughs> comic, yeah this was, this was
2: this was that specifically uh in university of nebraska and their uh student union has Cornhuskers. yep that's yeah, where I went one of, of my teachers
0: school. was a huge nebraska fan
2: awesome in high school uh-huh. yeah yeah so their student union the the basement is this big bookstore where you know you buy nebraska gear for you know students and parents and and everything, and there, there's the actual bookstore. You know, you don't just have to, you don't just get your textbooks there. You can also get, mm. um, you know, your own recreational reading there. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh wow, oh that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I had a question, Johnny. Wait, before so, you ask this,
2: Live, I do want to oh, show. Go this. Ahead. I
0: really want to show you this. Oh yes, yes. yes this is, good thing. I've seen clips of the uh, Injustice games, but long ago. Shout out to friend of the show Taylor uh, Svetkovich, who uh, read the Injustice comic, which is apparently very too. good. Yeah did you see the panel where superman kills joker
2: yeah he punches it uh punches yeah he goes
0: chest. right through his chest yeah i just wanted to highlight and i if you if you if you will humor me i just want to show Please. this panel because this is the most <laughs> first of all a very well-drawn panel but Ooh, i just have
1: presentation going on Gap. i just okay, want to so zoom in here
0: time. on batman pulling the most horrifying <laughs> Yep. expressive face yep. that oh. i have ever seen i'm gonna i'm gonna release this when we put out the episode so okay, that folks can good. see it but it is the look the level of horror
2: that batman <laughs> and what's so great is that you know the background of the story spoiler alert you know it's like a 10 year old story at this point but mm-hmm. yeah. uh this this panel the, the stuff that led up to this panel of superman punching through the joker is the fact that the joker Uh, tricked Superman into killing Lois Lane Mm -hmm. and right obviously you know the worst thing that could possibly happen to Superman but then there's all these worst thing that could possibly happen to Batman things that Joker has done to Batman that he hasn't pulled the trigger and you know killed Joker so the fact that Mm -hmm. he was able to control himself or this universe is Batman and Superman Batman has been able to control himself to the point when Superman didn't you know and obviously you know the circumstances suck, but Superman is generally considered a villain in this Injustice universe, and and I think mm-hmm. it was done in a better way than you know the the uh, Snyder version of uh, Man of Steel. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it's it, it was a really epic uh, and upsetting <laughs> story. <laughs> it seems yeah.
1: quite, I didn't want to say it, but it seems quite upsetting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah.
2: No, it's pretty like, gory in terms of DC standards. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I saw yeah. the scene where, where Superman kills uh, Captain Marvel
2: or Shazam, I guess. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty brutal as mm-hmm. well. Um, What's funny but, is that, you know, this, it, it's kind of a prequel to the video game oh. uh, or at least kind of, kind of happens like, it kind of happens before and during a little bit after, but there is another version of the Joker in this story in like in this game. Like there mm-hmm. is, I think it's just an, a different universe as Joker or maybe that was in justice oh, okay. I forget exactly what it is, but it kind of plays with the multiverse and bringing different characters despite them having been killed and mm-hmm. making sure that you still get to play as them. Oh, okay. so a lot of, you know, shenanigans, comic book shenanigans happens. Yeah.
1: I am just looking at Injustice because like uh, the th- things you were saying were like uh, unlocking like a core memory. Yeah. I'm just looking at stills from Injustice and I'm like, I've played this game. Well, this mm-hmm. is a really good game. Yeah, yeah. hell yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, a oh, bunch of Critical Role uh, cast members were, uh, were voice voices of those characters. I think uh, Laura oh. was, I think she was Supergirl, which was Injustice 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Talison or Sam was Flash. Um, Oh, nice. I forget which. Nice, Yeah, so they're- I would guess Sam. They're they're probably more. Yeah, it seems like more of a Sam character, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think what you pointed out about uh, the difference between Batman and Superman's reaction is actually really, really interesting there. There's a YouTube channel I really enjoy called Overly Sarcastic Productions, and they did a video- basically talking about superman and how superman is like they are not huge fans of attempts to subvert superman because Mm -hmm. their argument is if you go back to when superman was created he himself is a subversion the idea of having a guy who has such power but just chooses to be a good guy is in strong Mm -hmm. contrast to like the pulp heroes that had come before like the shadow or the phantom or the the spider or any of those guys and that superman was created to be Uh, like just a actual good dude, a dude who has that power, doesn't need a bunch of trauma in his past. He just decided to be a good guy. He was just raised right. And so it's interesting that they have, things have gone so far now (laughs) since he was originally created (laughs) that like, it's now we can have a situation where he, the guy who was unbreakable is Mm -hmm. like, he completely snaps and Batman who in a lot of his movies comes close to snapping. Uh, Like certainly like the Batman towards the end of the Batman, I don't Mm. know. for anyone who's Mm -hmm. seen that towards the end he goes a little berserk uh on a guy the i think it's interesting that yeah we have like a version of batman who's like i am unbreakable and un. Mm -hmm. batman has become superman essentially in this story he's
1: been through so much though i could see that being a thing you know he's just like yeah just another day cool this is fun yeah
2: (laughs) one bad day um yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) so yeah what's and you know superman has the inherent you know um uh, Krypton has exploded his whole family, anybody he's ever known. Like, you know, there are no people of his people that are still alive, you know, Kara mm-hmm. or um, you know, excluded. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of there's an old meme of like every D&D character has to have some sort of traumatic past or something that causes them to go into adventuring mm-hmm. that, you know, you some well-adjusted person doesn't just choose to go f- try to fight dragons right that's kind yeah. of the basis for most dnd characters but superman is, is kind of the example of like oh yeah i just had a great home life and now i just I want to go do stuff and help people. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like the DM's nightmare. It's like, well, what can I throw at you to kind of make you hurt? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, shout out to my girlfriend.
1: Good paladin. Uh, my girlfriend <laughs> yeah.
0: plays one of those characters. Uh, yeah. Where he's, oh, yeah, it's like, it's also like a really dark setting. Uh, it's Mavros for anybody who's listened <laughs> to City of the Black Rose, but it's like a gothic horror noir setting. And she just plays this really plucky paladin, Warforged, who like was created hundreds of years ago and then was like, had a really nice creation and I'm a mentor and everything he was shut down and then he was found uh by a theater company who was using him as a prop uh until wow. they accidentally reactivated him and now he just happily works what a great a- backstory yeah, yeah uh it's beautiful. fantastic backstory now he's just their like stage manager prop guy uh and he's just that's happy cool. to be and he just wants to help people
2: oh yeah and you when you make that kind of character you you do a little bit Put yourself in in a box. You know, it, it can be easy to put yourself in a box. And it's, you know, it takes the player and the DM really working together to make sure that there are problems that your character can come across that feels earned. Uh, and, you know, but, you, but oftentimes you can almost reserve yourself to being a little bit more of like, you know, there are some d characters that are kind of created as kind of with with main character energy mm-hmm. and the, it, yeah. it's a little bit harder to kind of give that main character energy to a character that's like super well adjusted because what kind of character arc do they go through they go through it's more of like a up then down you kind of have to bring them down to be able to bring them back up mm-hmm. yeah uh, and sure. yeah it can be a little bit that can be more difficult than just having a character that starts at the bottom and go go you know go mm-hmm.
0: upwards you have to do like a Winter Soldier type thing, like mm-hmm. Captain America: The Winter Soldier, where like the challenge is not necessarily can I beat this person; it's can I, my ideals defeat what this person stands for, and right. am I really standing for the right thing? Which I think is just harder to execute, as you said. Mm. Uh, yeah, for but sure. Still potentially very fun.
2: Oh yeah! If you get it right, you you're killing it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Of course, after you have gotten into D&D, you've been into D&D now for years and years, you started playing, uh, I guess the next question is, uh, what led to you playing with your teammates from from the Browns?
2: Yeah, so that was another period where I was really just aching for a group. My home group wasn't super feeling comfortable yet, especially with my old laptop at the time, I wasn't really able to play really comfortably online. The group that I had started with my fiance and her brothers, they weren't as comfortable playing online yet, so I wanted something uh, in person that I could put creative energy towards. Mm-hmm. And when I signed with the Browns, uh, you know, there were a bunch of Browns fans that were following me. And one of the questions they asked was, you know, what's something we don't know about you? And mm-hmm. I said that I was a and d nerd. And a lot of people said mm-hmm. Miles is a huge anime nerd. You know, two nerds, you know should get along right I'm like oh, i've never really watched much anime I, do- I doubt that miles is much of a D person but maybe if the time comes up you know maybe i'll bring it up to him as a possibility well during that training camp there were multiple times where i saw miles wearing a stranger things shirt mm-hmm. so one of the times i never you know miles is a former first one draft you know top number one draft pick he's one of the top players in the league you know mm-hmm. there is a certain bit of You know Miles Garrett. I guess I should say for anyone who is curious about who these people are and
0: wants to look them up, please go check out Miles Garrett,
2: giant human freak athlete Miles Garrett. (laughs) Who you know, there is a little bit of you know how how quickly do you try to um, ingratiate yourself with like the number one guy on the team? You know, a lot of times Mm -hmm. you kind of feel like you need to work your way up, or you know that sort of thing. Where intimidating, yeah, there's there's a a bit of intimidation. It's it's not so much intimidation to talk to Miles. It's just kind of you kind of got to go through uh, your dues to be able to become, you know, friends with like the guys, you know, because there's so mm-hmm. many people who end up on a team that guys who are uh, like veterans on the team don't mm-hmm. feel always like it's necessary. You know, there are guys who are exceptions to this, but all, there aren't always guys who feel it necessary to uh, become really close friends with a new guy on the team because there's a chance he might be gone tomorrow you know it's is it it worth that investment
0: and because wait before we go any further because our audience skews pretty nerdy and also fairly international can you say approximately how many football players there are on any given american football team
2: yeah so in the off season so from say march to august there are 90 guys on the team and that, oh. number gets, that number gets knocked down to 53 on the active roster once the cuts happen right before the season. Mm. Uh, then there are, you know, about 15 practice squad players. Certain guys might be on injured reserve. Roughly, the team becomes a size of about 70 people when the season starts. So – yeah. oh my goodness yeah. so that's that's so what we mean by big was, team <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Okay, it's not gotcha. like
2: there's like 25 guys uh <laughs> it's a so very getting, getting to know all of those guys especially when you know sometimes half of them might be new to the team mm-hmm. is is difficult but i you know i saw miles wearing the stranger things shirt i said hey uh have you ever tried playing the game that they play in stranger things you know in season one they're playing all you know around the around the table they're all acting like you know their own fantasy character would you want to try playing D D? And he said, well, I've never tried before, you know, what, what will it take? I said, well, if we want to try it, we should get a couple other guys on the team to like, who are kind of nerdy, you know, skew nerdy and, and, you know, see if they're interested. So we were able to get at the time, a guy named Kendall Lamb, who is uh, not on the Browns anymore. And then he was able to bring in um, Wyatt Teller, who ended up being, becoming another regular member of the group. So we had Miles, uh, Kendall and Wyatt, and then Miles brought in his girlfriend at the time, Sarah and his best friend, Jeremy. So, um, we, we had no this, this group. Yeah, <laughs> we had this group of five, uh, yeah, five people at that time. And it was, it was great. They wanted to try it out. I painted them up like, you know, miniatures for their characters, oh, worked nice. with them on what they wanted to do. And it ended up going really, really well. And to the point where they wanted to continue playing. Unfortunately, that was 2020. So, you know, we weren't able mm. to play nearly as much as we would have liked, you know, we got mm. shut off from getting together outside of the facility. And, they didn't want to play online either so i was you know stuck with you know watching shows or you know how everybody else tried to tried to make up for it in
1: 2020
2: mm. by starting yeah, a podcast and, then, and- exactly <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know everyone did it you know yeah. but i
2: was i was determined to make it keep working uh in 2021 when we got back together in both miles and White, Kendall wasn't on the team anymore, unfortunately, but both miles and White came back up to me at the the facility saying, Hey, when are we going to get the group back together? i was saying, Oh, well let's, you know, let's figure it out. Maybe when the season starts, I can actually put some, you know, part of, part of it for me was that I was, I was never drafted to the NFL. I had to make it through tryout. Um, And they don't give just anybody a tryout. I was Mm -hmm. invited to a tryout. So I, I was, had to, you know, work really hard to stay with teams. I'd been cut before I had been picked up by different teams I was with the Browns as a practice squad player all of 2020 and all of my experience. I've always had to fight for a roster spot, fight to stay on a team. So putting in all that, you know, mental and creative energy into something that isn't a sure thing Mm -hmm. until the season starts, it's still not a sure thing by the season starts, but you get a little bit more um, security. I wanted to feel like, okay, let's put, let me put all this energy in during the season. So I don't, you know, we don't end, end with a session where it's like a cliffhanger and then nice. I get cut and can never play with them again, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once the season started, we started up again. I think we made it about six or seven sessions in total between 2020 and 2021. Scheduling is mm-hmm. very hard during the season between, you know, three different football players. Mm-hmm. So we were, uh, we were able to finish an arc, which was really cool. I called it the Tale of the Mold Fallen. It was all about this druid who you know, raise this undead army for him. Uh, and, you know, the, the, his name was the mold father, the party interacted with him a bunch of times. He had a character death when miles wanted to change his character class. So it was, uh, it was a really fun group. And then at the last session or second to last session, I ended up taking a picture of the group. This was actually the first session after I scored a touchdown, uh, mm. my first NFL touchdown. That was the same game where I wore a critical role shirt pregame because it was the, um, the uh, premiere of campaign three. Oh, and nice! I scored a touchdown in that game. It all worked out great where it had got a lot of attention because of that. <laughs> so I felt, you know, like it would kind of work on that momentum to post uh, a picture of the group because previously they had all kind of kept it quiet and the, you know, they didn't want to, it was, it was one of those things where it being seen as more than a football player can sometimes be thought of as a weakness. And I really feel like that is not the case so I've tried to fight against it and this was, you know, with their permission, I posted this to Twitter and everybody blew up about it. They're like, Oh my gosh, my favorite, my favorite defensive end in the league, Miles Garrett plays D and D, uh, my favorite, you know, pro bowl guard you know, Wyatt Teller plays D and D. So they got a lot of attention. The, uh, a writer, Alex Pruitt from sports illustrated reached out and asked if they could, if he could do a story on it. So it came out in sports illustrated. And, you know, this year, earlier this year, we did a, Sold out show for charity with Abria and Ify. Um mm-hmm. They they did. They flew out all the way to, to Cleveland to do the show. Whoa. We were able to raise like eighteen thousand dollars for it. Aww. Yeah, yeah. This, this was for Red Nose Day, right? This was for Red Nose Day. Yeah, yeah. So we hosted it in Cleveland. I myself and then Brandon Tharp of Cantrip Cast fully planned it on, on our own. We didn't have any sponsors. It was all out of pocket. It was it was a big undertaking that we that ended up becoming very successful for us and well thank you and then yeah. uh one of the browns beat reporters uh for espn reaches out to me and says hey uh this was kind of actually around the sports illustrated story he said hey i would love to be able to do a a story about the DD group because i wanted to originally do it and then sports center kind of got or sports illustrated kind of got the the jump on us and we couldn't just Created like right one right after another. Mm. So we wanted to give it a little time because I think that it can actually be on SportsCenter, center. And I'm like, yeah, okay, good no. luck, man. You know, that's, <laughs> you know, that is not in any kind of, you know, realm of possibility. So about a month or two later, he reaches out saying, all right, sports center producers are in, uh, when can we film it? And I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God. You're, yeah, no, that's, you're, 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 you're kidding me. So <laughs> The summer happens and they're like, okay, we really got to get this thing done. We want to do, you know, post it during training camp. You know, when can we film? I'm like, okay, well, we can do it during training camp. We just have to make sure it's an off day because I don't want to be spending a whole bunch of mental energy on this thing. You know, this is, this is hell week. This is the proverbial you know, time of the year where you are putting in all of your effort to try to make this team. So very early on in training camp when it wasn't too intense yet, uh, we scheduled an off night to uh, get together at Miles' house. We ended up getting Shad Ross, who was hired by Wizards of the Coast, to come out and help us with this. Um, we got to run um, – oh, what is it? Uh, the new the new Beginner's Adventure, uh, Dragons of Dragons, – uh, Stormwreck Isle. Um, mm-hmm. the, was is it the, the new uh, Dragonlance? No, it wasn't wasn't related to Dragonlance. I think it's the new starter set. It's like the
1: new starter kit. Oh. They re-released.
0: Yeah. Ooh, okay, cool.
2: Yeah, so we got an early copy of that, and I kind of got to use it as reference, as inspiration to try to help sell um, the new starter set. Mm. So we were getting help from all these different locations, and when it finally works out, uh, we have this amazing battle map created by Ross. We have um, these mini sent in by WizKids, Uh, We have this throne that the sports center producers rented for the night that I got to DM in and we all got to sit in for the, for the interviews. And then I got to run like a, basically, I think it was, it might've been just like an hour and a half adventure. It went really fast just for the cameras and it came out amazing. (laughs) Uh, It took a little while for it to actually be released on ESPN, but once it finally did, it got a lot of, you know, talk and I was just very happy that it actually saw the light of day. So I know that's you kind of, you know, it's a whole tangent. You know, you just asked about the, how did it start? But I decided to tell you the whole story, but it Please, was, I uh, love it's, it. it's exciting for me to be able to talk about this because it was, I don't know of any other D and D groups that happened within the NFL. I know that there was yeah, a settlers it. of Catan group that would, that would play of, w- within the offensive line with the green Bay Packers a few years ago, mm-hmm. but that's like kind of what mm-hmm. everybody would compare it to, but it, you know, there wasn't necessarily this, this thing where guys would get together. You know, we like I said, we only had, I think, six sessions of the major story. And I think we mm-hmm. had one session around Halloween where I ran a game of Dread to kind of show them a different nice. game. And I love running Dread. Mm-hmm. So it was, I've never uh, played it was very Dread.
1: Uh, super, super fun.
2: The Jenga the one tower that one. you
1: play with the Jenga. Yeah. Yeah. So you, it, it informs your narrative decisions, right? Whether you, like, uh, drop things or, or that kind of thing. Right. If you the tower
2: falls, your character di- dies. Oh, Or is it removed okay. from the story, usually by death.
0: Oh, that's really cool.
2: Super fun. Super tense. Yeah. And, you know, being able to play with these guys, uh, getting them together in the first place, I really feel like cemented my desire to try to be somewhat, like you said, a, somewhat of a D&D, TTRPG ambassador, um, because I'm able to kind of connect these two worlds uh, between sports and D&D. And I want to try to get as many people who are involved with one a fan of the other as well.
1: Mm. I think it's really cool. I'm I, You said this like uh, ages back, but I, I haven't been able to get it out of my head about how um, people who play football aren't allowed to be seen as themselves mm-hmm. kind yeah. of thing. Um, and I think it's really cool that you were like, you stepped up and you were like, actually, no, I don't think that's right. Because like... Uh, I, I can imagine how many people kind of saw you putting yourself out there and were like, Oh, well maybe I can like put myself out there a little bit more and like right. myself, you know, you know, show my real self to other people. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
2: That. Yeah. It's, it's part of my plan to try to, um, get the interests of other guys more out there. Like I have plans in the works to try to sh- really show that off because it's benefited me so much. You know, I, you know, have no reason to have, you know, as, as a primarily backup fullback in the league, I have no reason to have the following that I do. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just because I've been as open with my interests as I have been that anybody feels like I'm an entertaining follow (laughs) on social media.
0: (laughs) Well, I would, I'm curious, why is that perception there? Cause like, I know, uh, I'm, I'm not an avid follower of MMA, but I know like in mixed martial arts, um, Oh, I just forgot his name. Uh, is is, uh, is Yadasanya, one of the best fighters in the world, is super into anime, has multiple tattoos of anime characters, and will literally uh, assume, yeah, he does like his Rock Lee, like uh, come at me boy pose before every fight. His yeah. nickname is called The Last Stylebender. So why, <laughs> why in football, and possibly other like a major American sports, mm-hmm. is there that perception in your experience?
2: Well- one, it's a team sport. Um, and I think this you can say this about all the team sports is that you are always competing with someone else for a job. And those decisions that are made by the front office, you know, they're looking for reasons to cut someone because there's always someone else who can take their place. Mm-hmm. In MMA, one, having personality is a huge benefit, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're able to market yourself. And two, you're not representing anybody but yourself. And you know, if if your interests or your uh, you know news that comes out about you that is is negative, they can easily just drop you. You forget about you. You know, whatever. You know, you you won't get any fights or whatever. Um, if you're in football, that reflects badly on the whole team. Uh, if something bad comes out about you, so there's a lot more liability within those teams now. There's a big difference between something that is, you know, you, you know, a, a player being reckless or something that is dangerous than mm. somebody who's just playing D anD D, who's just playing a, playing a bo- basically a, a board game with their friends at, at uh, you know around the table. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to show that it is okay to be seen as uh, as a person. There are a lot of teams that are a little bit more strict with how you know, invested in social media you are, even. But there are coaches Mm. like the coaches that I've had that celebrate you being an individual as long as you bring it to work every day. Uh, And as long as you're doing that, it won't be a problem. Um, And I don't feel like it's ever caused an issue for me. So Mm.
1: It seems as though you didn't have like – um, maybe as much experience like DMing as you would have liked before um, all of these huge DMing experiences you've been doing now. Was that quite like intimidating for you to like be doing like charity events and and uh, be doing stuff on ESPN?
2: Yeah. You know, the, the charity event was, was ran by Brandon Tharp, uh, Brandon, the DM. Um, so ah, he, yeah. So he had, you know, that stress on him for me, it was just yes. Yes, performing yes, yes. as a character in front of the group and, you know, getting it all planned. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I did end up, you know, DMing for in front of Sports Center cameras, and while mm. they didn't get the whole story or anything, I I still had to just rely on the fact that it's okay to look like a fool. You know, if you watch yeah. this that Sports Center story, uh, I do this horrible character voice for one of the dragons, <laughs> and it was <laughs> just so silly. Uh, and it was, and it, another thing was that I made a horrible gr- grammatical error. That was just oh. like one of the few things where they actually saw like you saw me behind the DM screen. It was mm-hmm. like the two things was like me doing a bad character voice for Dragon. <laughs> the other one was making a <laughs> grammatical mistake. And I'm like, OK, that's OK. I'm uh, that doesn't, you know, bother me too much. I can mm-hmm. I can. But didn't they add that. like a cool echo on your voice uh, I'm sure for the, did. For for the character? they didn't sound any better for me. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought I remember watching it being like, this is sick. Like, I'm sure they played to the it up as like, much as well. Nice. Thank you. That's good to hear. It. Like looking at me, like I am really bad at listening or watching myself back. Like as much as I, I as I'm a fan of you guys, I will not watch the, listen to this episode because <laughs> I cannot listen to myself talk. Uh, but yeah, and watching myself is is just as bad. So any anytime- we'll record
0: a version where Jasper re- redubs all your lines, uh, just so mm-hmm. you can listen back. Uh, he'll try and imitate your inflections, so you have an idea of what it sounded like.
2: <laughs> but yeah, like watching myself. Uh, DM, because I had to watch this a bunch of times, it was it was ready in August, and it didn't end up getting to come out until the day before Halloween. I, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm trying to get better at watching myself. But,
1: mm.
2: you know, I, I, I had a lot of fun DMing it. Um, and I, I know that if I want it to be, you know, part of my post football career, you know, concurrent career alongside football, uh, that I, I have to get used to it and just get, you know, it's part of becoming comfortable being in front of a camera, uh, talking to people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It it it's, so, so I feel like I, I, it gets easier uh, over time, but also there are sometimes I listen back to myself and I'm like, oh, a baby speaking on, <laughs> on, on, on the Three Black Halflings podcast. Oh no, it's it's you. Oh oh no. Um, so like you kind of, it like it, it it never like fully goes away, but after after a while you're just kind of like, yeah, you know what. This is me. This yeah, is embrace fine. it. This is okay. mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: exactly. I think part of it is just it's so jarring to hear what you sound like and how different yeah. it sounds. Like the bone vibrations that you're normally hearing versus like mm-hmm. just going through the air. It's like, ha, huh, why is my <laughs> voice so high? It sounds so, <laughs> sounds so deep and mellifluous when I, when I speak. But this is like, oh, my gosh. This is what everyone else Sorry. has been subjected to. <laughs> mellifluous. I've never heard
1: that word before. That is fantastic. Oh, ah, yeah, it's Lewis. a fun
0: one. It's a fun one.
1: Mellifluous suit. Yeah. Uh, yes, before I get distracted by
0: that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to quickly ask uh, – well, there's two things. First of all, I wanted to say I don't remember if I said this when I messaged you. Um, I know that I mentioned that I'm originally from Cincinnati, Ohio, mm-hmm. which Cleveland at the top of Ohio, Cincinnati, Cincinnati at the bottom. But Cincinnati is Kentucky. Yeah, oh, <laughs> the the Freedom Museum begs to differ. Uh, I'll have you know, um, but yeah, the Cincinnati Airport is literally located in Kentucky. So, anyway, uh, confusing. yeah, <laughs>
1: sounds confusing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's weird. My uncle in the seventies used to play for the Bengals, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, and also I think. Oh, I think my high school wrestling coach, I think his father may have coached the Browns. Uh, Sam Weish, I think way back in the day, uh, I think may have coached the Browns. I may be wrong about that, but I think he was an NFL coach of some kind. So Uh, he doesn't listen to this, so. Anyway, I would have thrown that out there. You are uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was not I love su- the football connections. Yeah, exactly. I was not super duper into uh, the NFL growing up, but I got sure. increasingly into it uh, as I started to care more and more about the Bengals. As the Bengals got better, uh, once yeah. Marvin Lewis took over, I started to get more and more into <laughs> football. Um, but the other thing I wanted to ask was. What are your favorites uh, – well, first of all, did you, when you were collecting comics, were you mm-hmm. collecting individual issues or were you going for uh, full collected uh, volumes?
2: I would try to follow in um, – follow on stories. Uh, I okay. ended up finding the writers that I liked. Uh, I was always a Batman fan. I was always an Aquaman fan. And I would mm-hmm. try to consume as much of the good stories um, in the past from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, and then there were the books that I really fell in love with, um, Saga, Walking Dead. Sex criminals, I think, is one of the best things I've ever read. Um, hmm. What's that one about? I haven't, I haven't heard of that one. <clears throat> so, sex criminals. How, what kind of, what kind of uh, rating is this? Is it PG? Is it PG thirteen? How, how? <laughs> uh,
0: we've gone as far as R. I think we've, we, you could, we curse and such. So you're fine. Okay. Yeah, okay. We do
1: okay. So, yeah. Fuck.
2: so <laughs> great. Perfect. Yeah. So, uh, sex criminals is about a couple that finds each other that find out that both of them have the same superpower which is when they orgasm they stop time. So naturally they decide to rob a bank. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So oh, <laughs> it's uh, Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky who are mm-hmm. both hilarious people and amazing writers and artists in in their own right and they decided to team up and there is just a great meta story around it as well because they have all of these they have all these uh you know reader you know Messages at the end of all of uh, their issues and a lot of them, there was a whole run where they, you know, people would, would write in talking about their finding porn in the woods story where it's like the first time that we're like, like kind of like a sexual awakening type of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's all of these like bad sex advice, you know, little like things that happen in the margins. There's just, it's just such a fun, well-written story. Mm -hmm. It's so sad at times and so realistic in certain ways that I just think it's one of my favorite reads. Uh, I did like when I did fall out of reading, I, I didn't end up getting to finish off um, collecting the issues. So mm-hmm. I recently went uh, to my old comic book shop and grabbed the fifth, the third um, volume of the collected mm-hmm. editions of the, of that book, uh, and finally got to finish the story. And it's it finishes so sad, but so beautifully that uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's that was my first. Kind of book that I fell in love with in comics. And I think it's really the, o- the only one that I really will, you know, preach from the mountaintops of people mm-hmm. that you know be- the things that people might not know if they even if they're a comic book fan. Uh, but a lot, you know, people who know definitely like love the book. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check this out.
0: I've def I've read. Uh, I think I haven't read The Walking Dead, but I read I have read Invincible. Uh, uh-huh. I've definitely read Saga. I also read Why the Last Man. Have you read that one?
2: I haven't. It's definitely on my my, my you know list of shame. You know, yeah, along with several movies. <laughs> I have never seen The Godfather, which is on my list of fam- list of shame. Uh, so yeah, totally you got to cool. check that one out. It's, I don't yeah. think
1: I have either.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's one, The Godfather and Godfather Part Two are tied for my favorite movie uh, of all time. Oh, uh, amazing. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's a real good when movie. Did I
1: think that was the thing. Whether I think that your favorite was the thing. I do I like that. the
0: thing. I I, I you, love you the, thing, like the thing. In fact,
1: okay, okay, yeah. but it's not your favorite. Gotcha, no,
0: gotcha. it's one of my favorite horror movies. Have you seen The
2: Thing, Johnny? On my list of (laughs) shame, both versions of the movie. Yeah,
1: do do not worry. Yeah, Um, we have a whole list for Jasper that hopefully he will get through. Oh
0: yeah, Jasper. (laughs) (laughs) Jasper uh has not released. Really Jasper's a huge fan of movies, but he okay. hasn't seen very many old movies. Mm. So whenever he like draws up lists of like, hey, get into this genre, like he wrote drew up a list of like for somebody who was like, I want to start watching more movies, sure, uh, and he sure. like broke it down by genre. And I don't think there was a sci fi movie made. I d- maybe he had Back to the Future on there, but I don't think he had anything prior to
2: like. I think like The Matrix may have been one of the oldest mm. ones that he had on the list. Which is like, dang man, it is funny though that it seems like everybody's seen Back to the Future. Like that doesn't yeah. seem to be on anybody's list of shame. Yeah, that movie's on. I think awesome.
1: it's on my list of shame. I don't think I've oh, seen it. Oh really? Oh Liv,
0: you gotta check out Back to the Future. <laughs> Immediately it's really disprove it.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, I love to be special. No, um, but uh Jasper's list of, list of shame is quite long. And apparently mine is too. I thought I was quite well versed but apparently not.
0: <laughs> I look, I haven't seen Titanic, so I have a list mm. of shame Oh my as well. god.
1: Are we just like doing confessions now? <laughs> just like <laughs> is that what we're doing? Yeah, own up oh, to the
0: god. own up to the classic media you have yet to consume. I haven't watched <laughs> Titanic live has not watched uh back to the future uh johnny hasn't read why
2: the last man um, oh, plenty others yeah yeah um yeah but I, go, oh, go go ahead. give this podcast a five-star review and put in your uh your list of shame
0: yeah there you go yeah. <laughs> leave us a review just yeah. say no context just the name of the work that you haven't, yeah. that you haven't read <laughs> Um, but I, uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? I was going to mm. say, oh yes I have never met somebody, I don't think, who was really into Aquaman Obvi- Like I've I've read mm-hmm. a lot of the old classic Batman stories uh, as well mm. uh, but I've never really, when looking through like lists of classic hero stories, yeah. you'll see obviously Batman has umpteen stories, Superman's got a bunch now, Spider-Man's got a few you know, all the big names, yeah. I don't recall seeing any like big name Aquaman centric stories, can you maybe recommend one because I've never really read an
2: Aquaman comic book. Yeah, you know I don't exactly know what drew me to Aquaman in the first place, but feeling like and maybe you know doing a little bit of psychoanalysis on myself right now, maybe it's the fact that Aquaman has never really felt like a belonging to either of the two worlds that he calls home, whether it's Atlantis mm-hmm. or the surface world. And I don't know if it's the fact you know like oh you know he's an athlete, but is he really an athlete? If he's a nerd, is he really a nerd? If he's an athlete, you know it's totally you know watered mm-hmm. down, but uh maybe that which is, is what <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah may, maybe it's that 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 drew me to Aquaman in the first place but I just love the story and I, I love the fact that and I think that's what a lot, honestly drew a lot of other people to Aquaman is that he was always the butt of so many jokes that I wanted to be one like oh you know what I'm an Aquaman fan because he's the underdog you know uh, yeah. and I got into comics right around the time of the new 52 uh which you know people can have your opinions on in one way or another, (laughs) but new 52 was amazing for Aquaman.
0: Yeah. Did he beat up Superman at one point? Like early on?
2: Sure. That was, you know, that was, that was definitely part of this, of some story. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, there also is a nineties story that you might see from Aquaman is that he is, this is when he has his water hand um, when he had his hand cut off and Mm -hmm. eaten by piranhas um, where he it was actually Martian Manhunter posing as Superman that they ended up fighting in the um, – oh. oh, man. What's the uh, what's their space? What's the Justice League space um, like uh, base? The I forget the name of it. Oh, their space station? Yeah, I forget the name of it. Uh, a, yeah. name I just think of it, it as their headquarters. I forget what the name right. is too. But uh, there was something going on where Aquaman and Superman started fighting and then uh, Martian Manhunter revealed himself to be impersonating Superman. That has nothing to do with what I was talking about. <laughs> it still <laughs> but, sounds
0: pretty cool, though. Yeah, uh, it's a super
2: cool. It's a super cool comic. Uh, yeah, but New Fifty Two, the first couple trades. Um, for those of you who don't read comics, trades is usually a collection of about six or seven issues. Um, the first couple trades of Aquaman New Fifty Two, written by Jeff Johns, is actually really, really great. I would one hundred percent recommend um, the first trade. I'm forgetting the name of it, and the third which was actually adapted into one of DC's animated movies for Aquaman that mm. I didn't like. But mm. it's all about um, Aquaman teaming up with the Justice League to uh, fight against uh, Orem, who has, or who, uh, what's uh, what's his name? Ocean Master, mm-hmm. um, who has kind of weaponized Atlantis against the surface world. They're on the brink of war. Aquaman is able to cut that off at the head. Uh, it's a really, really cool story. So those two specifically I would recommend. Mm.
1: Yeah. It's funny hearing that like Aquaman is the underdog because to me the ocean is terrifying. Yeah. And so <laughs> and so the, to wield such power, I do not think he is an underdog at all. Uh. Yeah.
2: I seconded. The ocean well, is deeply horrifying at times. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I've I've definitely been a fan of the decision to cast Jason Momoa in the role, because that mm-hmm. ought, obviously gives him immediate credibility. That man is a monster of human. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, have you guys seen the new Black Panther film?
0: No, I'm going, you I'm haven't. hoping okay. to go this
2: week, but they so have obviously, Namor. I know that they have Namor right. or Namor, the
0: Submariner or Submariner. Never been able to figure out how they're supposed to
2: <laughs> <laughs> So I've never been, you know, I've always skewed Marvel, I sorry, DC instead of Marvel, but there's no question that Marvel makes better movies. Mm. Um, there's all and there's always the argument between Namor, Namor, and Aquaman. You know, yeah. I think Namor came first. I don't remember. Yeah. But then they're, you know, yeah. they always He debuted in the 40s. Uh, right. So there was but there was always like the, you know, the head-to-head battle between the two within the fandoms. Um, Namor being somewhat of an anti-hero and kind of a, a jerk, and then mm-hmm. Aquaman kind of always being more of a stand-up guy, like, you know, this noble king, but no both of them were noble kings. Mm-hmm. The way they depict Namor in this is incredible i love Mm. the depiction it was honestly my favorite part of the movie was the depiction of namor within um uh, wakanda forever so if you think about you know aquaman in that role uh you know without the winged feet uh -hmm. i think that's that's my favorite kind of depiction of aquaman even though it wasn't one
0: (laughs) okay i I i will keep that in mind when i go and see wakanda forever yeah uh, and yeah, Namor, um, he was part of the Invaders, uh, which was the original Marvel super mm. team uh, back when Captain America, like in the 1940s when World War II was yeah. actually raging. Uh, I think Namor was the second Marvel superhero after the Human Torch. Not the Johnny Storm Human Torch, but mm. the basically an android. The original Marvel superhero was an android. Did you
2: read the Alex Ross uh, Human Torch? Yeah, Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, it's
0: awesome. good stuff. Yeah, that's uh, oh man. Go y'all, go read Marvels.
2: (laughs) Go read, yeah, go read anything Alex Ross comes. Yeah, like Kingdom (laughs) Come, dude. Oh my gosh, the the artwork is like you've seen, whether you know it or not, you've seen Alex Ross's artwork. Yeah, it's just classic superhero artwork. He draws
0: the super realistic, yet still somehow comic shiny.
2: Yeah, yeah, like very idealistic and like. uh, like, I'll, I'll look it up right now so I can
0: send it to you. Uh, when you look
2: at them they look like gods
0: yeah yeah
1: i would love to hear you two just talk about like comics for like (laughs) jeremy do you want to start (laughs) a a comic
2: book podcast
0: uh yes (laughs) the answer is yes uh i will hit you up (laughs) i i'm gonna share a screen just so i can and i'll show this is one of the most famous ones that he's done or one of the more famous ones Mm -hmm. he did it of the justice league
1: Mm -hmm. oh wow
2: yeah you you can can tell that he
1: definitely definitely (laughs) had
2: like real people like uh you know Posing as those characters.
0: Yeah. To be yeah, able to sure. yeah. this is another one of his most famous. Yeah. And he did a he did a book okay. called Marvels, which is essentially it's him and Kurt Busick, I think. Uh okay. I, I think that was him and Kurt Busick. And Marvels is essentially uh the history of the Marvel universe told by a civilian. So it's this – it's basically a dude who's like a reporter who witnesses every major event in the Marvel universe. Especially at the
2: very beginning of like when superheroes were becoming like a part of your daily life.
0: Yeah. Uh, What's really cool is they went through the actual history of the publishing of the comics and figured out when these events would have been happening in relation to each other. Because what I think makes Marvel special in contrast to DC, uh, at least especially back then, is that most Marvel heroes exist in the same city. Whereas DC, everybody's got their respective cities, and so their adventures would have been crossing over. One of Spider-Man's first st- storylines is that he went to the Fantastic Four and asked to audition to join the group because he needed money. Uh, that's like like Spider-Man like issue two or three. Like he goes to the Fantastic Four, uh, the wedding of the Fantastic Four when Reed Richards and Sue Storm get married, a bunch of heroes showed up, uh, and so like you see all of these events, but from the perspective of just a guy who's looking and like he's commenting on what these beings represent the climax of the well there's kind of two climaxes one of them is like the coming of Galactus uh, which is like the big Fantastic Four storyline where Galactus first appears and then the other one is the death of Gwen Stacy so it ends in like the early I think early to mid 70s in terms of the Marvel's timeline Marvel timeline Uh, but highly recommend Uh, and Kingdom Come is kind of like the DC equivalent which is it's like
2: Injustice before Injustice was yeah
0: yeah yeah the fight between Sh- i mean we talked about shazam the fight between shazam mm-hmm. and superman in that book awesome this is one of my favorite things in any comic yeah. like it's so cool uh yeah Uh, you know what we do a thing on here called kickbacks johnny we should absolutely okay. do a kickback for our patreon where we just sit and talk <laughs> about comics for like an hour like-
1: I was going to suggest it, but I didn't want to put any pressure on you both. But like, but like, it, it sounds like it would be.
0: Weird.
2: Yeah. If you're down, cause I, I, I don't know. If I, I, don't I mean, you're way more knowledgeable, knowledgeable than I am. Like I, I'll just like pick and choose my favorites that you definitely know more about than I do, but let's do
0: it. Oh dude. Yeah. I'll just listen to you talk about your favorite books. Um, I'm down for it. Um, so one, la- I, I think we've, we've reached uh, a nearing the end point, but before we close, We have to, as always, ask you to give us a tale from the table. Uh, It's essentially a memorable story that you have experienced playing TTRPGs. It can be funny, sad, epic, heartwarming, heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. Uh, The more chaotic and wild, the better. Uh, So
2: please, Johnny, bless us with a tale from the table. Sure. So I had to think about this hard uh, because I'm really bad at recognizing when... When there's something cool at the table involving me or my character, uh, I'm always. I feel like I'm always better at like recognizing when somebody else is doing something cool. Uh, but was something that I I did recently this this year was I helped my buddy who's my all like long uh, DM uh, Rick Eskevius, really really great guy, really great DM. He was running this this mini campaign for characters that he had already finished the main campaign for. Uh, they were level 17. Uh, he basically wanted to, okay, we finished the campaign. Let us try to create this epilogue story for these characters to get them to level 20. Um, so I helped him write this and prepare it. And, you know, it's basically them becoming gods. It was. It's a very cool but classic, you know, d d story. And my thought was, what if, you know, as, as I'm helping him plan all this, what if... You know, all these stories, like what's happening in the, the, the ground level world who like these people that uh, aren't, you know, the heroes. This is the, this is a world ending event. What is it like from their perspective? So I ended up setting up this game that was supposed to be a break from this normal game that they were playing, which was all online. I'm like, hey, let's do an in-person game. You um, can be a break. Rick, you're going to be and you're going to be involved in it. You're going to play a character. And we'll like play level eight. It'll just be a one shot. It'll be easy, you know, make it, make a character for this in secret. Rick and I had already planned that this is going to be a concurrent story to what is happening within his own campaign. And, you know, it's, it's very, and I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily a stereotype or like a cliche yet. I think a lot of people think that it's a cliche to create this like suicide squad esque version of characters where you bring them up, you know, bring about, you know, these groups to, um, who are like all, you know, somewhat villainous. They all have a cr- criminal back history and they're being sent into this world and they're very expendable, but they end up like, you know, fighting together. What I wanted to do was something kind of similar to that, but much more in the style of Rogue One where oh, okay. your stories will never be known, but if you succeed, you will be instrumental in the success of the heroes that we do know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so rick i plan helped plan this with rick and you know he's the dm and he wasn't able to play in it for obvious reasons but we get to the table and all of them are excited to play this new character in this new world they have never heard before and i'm uh and (laughs) and world is called austere and uh, you know everybody's kind of talking around the table i mean like, all right you guys ready you guys ready to have fun you guys ready to have a, a, an adventure that's completely unrelated to whatever you guys have been doing before all right awesome austere is falling he's crumbling in front of you like there is war within this world and immediately like, tone change just try to like completely catch them on um you know on their heels Whoa. So they're like, oh my gosh, we're playing like, you know, is this like a, a prequel? Is this like a sequel? Is this like happening at the same time? And through the information I'm telling them, it is all happening at the same time as whatever's happening within the story that they just played last week. So it was this very cool thing where I got to really surprise this group that was, you know, had this amazing session. It lasted way too long because I'm horrible at <laughs> timing one shots. But <laughs> uh, it was. Here, man. Same me. Yeah. <laughs> and it, they ended up facing off against the bad guy. And while he was able to you know, destroy them with his, like, super overpowered abilities, they were able to um, use the uh, very little, like, little-known or, like, little-use spell, as far as I know, that I'm blanking on. It's all about teleporting something to another plane of existence using a higher level Plain spell. Plane shift? It's not plane shift. It is, um, uh, it's like a messenger spell. I forget exactly what Sending? it is. Sending?
0: And not Gosh, sending. I forget, sending I forget exactly what it was. Yeah.
2: So basically, they needed to now. send this really uh, important item to one of their allies on another plane, um, and they just needed to do it before uh, before this anti magic villain like closed down on them. And uh, it was super climactic and super fun. That's that was one of my favorite experiences DMing. Um, just being able to to gain that surprise from the players was great. Yeah did they did they succeed? Did they manage to send it away? They did. Yeah, yeah, and there you know it would have had implications within the main story if they succeeded mm-hmm. or failed. Did they did they end up perishing after that? Like, did the villain like take them out? Yeah, yeah, he you know did this whole big burst of radiant light that is like a ten d ten damage or something. Oh, um, it's you know when you get when you get characters level nineteen and twenty, you need the villain if especially if it's a one on six or something, you need the villain yeah. to be just completely overpowered. Especially and you know just imagine that character going up against level eight characters
1: mm-hmm
2: mm-hmm so yeah it was gonna
1: be absurd
2: basically right right it was a lot of uh, it took a lot of work to be able to <laughs> kind yeah. of build up that that step block.
0: that sounds so cool like that's that great. is hype as soon as as soon as you were yeah. like uh, as soon as you were like austere oh, is crumbling and they're all like <gasps> oh like, yeah. yeah right I was, I was like,
1: with oh, you I was like oh it's fun We've
0: to get that reaction me. a second time it's great <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah
1: that's
2: yo those yeah. are some of the best moments <laughs> when you throw something in everybody's yeah. like oh
1: Oh, right. just
2: this last week, I, I, I finished a two part mini mini arc, um, in which I, I ran a, uh, I posted about it on Twitter, um, a false Hydra arc. And that was got that similar, like surprise, scared mm-hmm. reaction. Uh, and it was, it was really great being able to mess with the players. Uh, anybody who doesn't yes. know about a false Hydra, don't look it up unless you're a DM, then look it up. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, what, well, the only way it worked was that my characters were new to D&D and they don't do, you know, tons and hours of research like I do about mm-hmm. D&D. Uh, so they had no idea about it. And when that's when that secret is still there and you don't expect something once you kind of get the, the telltale signs, uh, it it was really, really rewarding. Yeah. Oh,
0: that's so. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like that sounds like it would have been just a great uh, session to be part of, like yeah, coming down I, to the wire the, like
2: that. Oh totally, and it was I got the big um, false Hydra mini from Comet Lord's miniatures, and I painted it all up, and I posted it to my Twitter, and got like way more attention than I thought it was going to because I'm not like a professional <laughs> painter by any means, but I stream to paint and, and, and you know paint minis, and it was it was a it was very fun to be able to bring that disgusting mini out and have them <laughs> react to it. Yeah, you
1: know. I need to see these minis because I too. Uh, like to paint a good mini. I'm not good at it, but like, as seeing, yeah, I love seeing other people's work. So that's what yeah. I have to check it. Out. Yeah.
0: Um, well, Johnny, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, this has been uh, an absolute blast. Uh, I will be hitting you up about that kickback because uh, <laughs> <Perfect. laughs> we have Please comics do. that must <laughs> be discussed.
2: Um, but Johnny, where can the folks find you? You can find me at Johnny Stanton IV. That's Johnny Stanton the fourth on Twitter. For as long as that lasts, uh, Instagram, (laughs) Twitch, uh, and if you're going on Hive, uh, I haven't really started posting on it yet, but I am Johnny Stanton Ivy on Hive as well. All right.
0: Uh, and, uh, Liv, Liv, where can the folks find you?
1: Yeah, gosh, I, this is a moment of transition, isn't it? But yeah, I guess you can find me uh, at Does Dark Magic on Twitter and Hive. Because uh, <laughs> who knows? I don't even know anymore. What a time to be alive. Um, you can also uh, subscribe to um, YouTube.com for slash three black halflings um, because we make videos and put them up there. So
0: yeah. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter and also Hive at Jeremy Cobb One. Uh, that's Cobb with two B's and the number one. You can follow our show uh, on Twitter and also Hive uh, and Instagram uh, and Facebook. At three, that's the number three. Black halflings. Also, check out Patreon uh, for that kickback. uh <laughs> patreon.com yeah, yeah. slash tb halflings. Um, is there anything that I'm forgetting? I think that's everything. Is that everything?
1: I think. So. Uh, yeah. No. I, if you want to check out the Patreon, if you're a Patreon uh, member, uh, I'm going to be doing like a stream soon. So keep an eye on the on the Patreon, and I'm going to be streaming, playing a game, hanging out. It's going to be great. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's just about it. So long, Shire Folk.
1: So long, Shire Folk. Yeah. <laughs> you
0: can say it too if you want to, Johnny.
1: Want to so you. long,
0: Shire Folk. Yeah!
1: Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a good yeah. one. It was like commanding. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> that was a headgum podcast.